Welcome to Alert and Oriented, conversations about God between friends. Join Gary Barkalow and Sam Williamson as we talk about real life with the real God, really. I have a friend who was a ranger in the military, and he said that the special forces have a motto. They have a principle. And the motto is, the battle isn't over until all the bullets have been counted. And he said the principle meant that the last battle is always a precursor to the next battle that we face. And if, if we don't look at whether we lost, whether we won that battle or lost that battle, there will be another battle. And if we don't examine what happened at the last battle, if we don't count all the bullets, then we will probably fail at our next battle because we know that the enemy is examining it. And as Gary and I were talking about this series that we're in, which is nurturing the life of God in us, we recognize this real deep need for us to have um, an evaluated life, a life where we do evaluate ourselves, where we understand. You know, Paul says in 2 Corinthians, examine yourselves, to see whether you are in the faith, test yourselves. Do you not realize this is about yourselves, that Jesus Christ is in you? Gary. Yeah, you know, again, it's we talk constantly about the idea that, you know, God is always working. He's always up to something, uh, not only in the world, what he's doing with the kingdom of God, but also in our lives. And I think we miss so much because we don't stop to reflect, to evaluate, to review our day, what has gone on or the week, you know, what, who has he brought in our life? What did we learn from it? What? And so I, I just find that uh, most people, as we talk, never have, I guess you would almost call it a discipline of kind of a self-review, life review, where, you know, it's daily or weekly where they sit and they think, what happened to me? What did I learn today? What did I, what went well? What did not go well? How is my heart doing? Probably the more important question. How am I doing internally? You know, we talked last week from the sermon I did where the big emphasis was there is a world without and there is a world within. And sometimes all we do is look at the world without and we don't stop to look at the world within. How is this going? And how much has that world come into this world right now? The whole idea, again, of self-reflection, self-evaluation, just a review of life. It's so incredibly important. You know, a number of people ask me how we became friends. They probably never ask you how we became friends. <laughs> yes, they, do. they say, well, who cares about being a friend with Sam? But anyway, they ask why, how we became friends. And the way we became friends was Gary asked me to come on a retreat. I spoke a couple times. But after every retreat, Gary and I got on the phone. And what did we do, Gary? We evaluated the retreat. Right. You know, we said, was the food right? Was the setting right? Was the schedule right? How did we do on these talks? Maybe this went too long. Maybe you didn't need that point. And it was fun. I mean, I think we both shared. But this is evaluating the without, as you're saying. I think we share the value of evaluation. But I think as we got to know each other, we also realized we share the value of, of an inner evaluation. Why did I just get mad at my wife? I mean, what she said wasn't that bad. And it wasn't such a bad time. What was going on inside me? But if I don't evaluate that, if I don't say what was going on inside me, I am, what is that history? Those who don't read history are doomed to repeat it. You know, yeah. I don't think, of, I, that's not the exact quote, but if I don't think about this, I'm going to do it again and again, and my wife will withdraw. You know, there right. is, 
an incredible spiritual value in living an evaluated life. Well, and you know, we can easily talk a lot about the battles that we face internally, you know, spiritual warfare, uh, wounding, and so forth. But we'll never have any insight on that if we don't stop to, again, evaluate our life, you know, take a read on our heart. And, and we would talk about, you know, as we talked about retreats we did, <clears throat> and we still do, or I might say, yeah, on Saturday night, man, I was really struggling to keep my heart in it, or I just felt like I don't belong here, or I was really upset with somebody, you know, and, and to stop and say, but why was I upset with them? What did they say to me? And what what was that? Hap- what was happening internally? So all of that is such important intel, you know, and, and even know, knowing what to bring to God, to knowing what to fight. <clears throat> this idea that we, we need to deal with sources, not just symptoms. So, yeah. Yes. I had, I had a friend once, I've, I've shared this story with you before, Gary, but I had a friend once who I met with once, maybe, maybe three out of four weeks of the month, you know, sort of weekly, but not always every week. And we would get together for breakfast and he would just complain. He would complain about his wife, about his work, about nobody appreciated him. And, and, you know, and I felt sorry for the guy. And, but after a month, after a year, after a year, I once said to him, you know, so I understand that things aren't going well. So what should you do to change this? Why are you complaining? Well, he was mad at me. I mean, he really was mad for asking the question. And the next week he came, he wasn't complaining. He was angry. He was angry at his wife. He was angry at his boss. He was angry at the people who didn't appreciate him. He didn't complain. Well, it was a different kind of complaining. And I guess the question I have is for you, Gary, I guess for both of us is why are we so resistant to a self-evaluation? He was very good at evaluating his boss. Didn't have any problem with that. But, but, and he's not the only one. Why are we resistant to examining ourselves? Yeah. Yeah, you know, and you and I had chatted about this a little before and, and kind of left the phone call in a state of pondering about it. You know, I think most people, most people's focus is, again, on the world without the exterior world. You know, how do I fix this? How do I do this better? And I don't think most of us take a quiet time, literally quiet time, quiet, you know, where we just, we're just somewhere where it's quiet. We're not watching anything. We're not working on anything. We just stop, in a sense, to listen to our heart. And to listen to God, to invite him into that, right? Speak to me. And, you know, for me now, I, I've been doing this for a couple of years. I, when I go to bed, you know, I don't, sometimes I will look at my phone, I'll look at the calendar, what's up first thing in the morning, what do I have to do? But usually what I'll do, I spend most of the time just evaluating my day. I'll lay in bed and I'll think about my day. How did it go? What did I not get done? Why didn't I get it done? How did I get distracted? How do I react to things? I mean, I really try to go to the interior part of my life was how was my heart during this day and, and times of frustration or anger or, or sadness or detachment comes up and just to pray, what was that about? I don't want to be that man. And I say that quite a bit in my life. You know, I've been saying I, to God, I don't want to be that man. And I need him to take me to the places that cause me to be that man, to default into that. So I think it's a lack of just being 
quiet in, in all the ways to be able to listen to your heart and listen to God speak. You know, I have a friend who he, he quotes this and I'm not sure who he's quoting, but it's this, the quote is when I am busy, God is silent. And I was stunned by that statement because I thought it seems so true. So without taking that time of, you know, taking business away and quiet, I don't know that we will be able to hear our own heart and, and accurately self-reflect. So it's interesting you, you use that example. So at night, most nights, you know, I know it's probably not every night, but most nights you do a, a little mini inventory. You sort of go through your day and you ask yourselves, why did I do this? What's going on inside my heart? And I do it in the morning, you know, but I do the same thing. I start my prayer time with a journal and I just, I, I put today's date and then I put a bullet and I say yesterday. And I just put a set of bullets of yesterday. I say, I exercised, I cooked dinner, I wrote this article, I had a conversation with Gary. Um, and, and part of it's just a reminder of what happened. So if I read my journal a year from now, I can say, oh, that was in the middle of Gary and me discussing how we should do this. But I'll also say, now, now, why was I upset about that encounter here? You know, so I'll, you know, I had an encounter with somebody that didn't go well and I'll say, what was going on? And I do a mini evaluation. Now, these are mini, you know, they're sort of, it's like a developing a little pattern, but I think you and I both like to take retreats a couple of times a year, personal retreats, a day away, uh, a couple of days away. And some of my retreats are reading scripture, reading devotionals, taking prayer, but some of my retreats our evaluation, you know, what should I do this year? What is God calling me to do this year? What are patterns in my life that I've been working on for years and they don't seem to have changed? You know, so the retreats are both are, are forward looking, but they're also sort of past looking, which I think is just common sense. So we're talking about times of different evaluation. I do it daily. I think I do it periodically when I'm um, on a retreat, but then you and I do it together. I mean, you might say, gosh, I don't know what's going on with me. I just don't feel creative or I don't feel this or that. And I don't know that you bring it up intentionally as much as we have a friendship together that likes to brainstorm with each other about what's going on. Right. Yeah. And I think, Sam, what you and I, you know, you and I are talking about the practices we have of looking at our life, counting the bullets. And so therefore, when we just talk on the phone, we're talking about what we've been thinking about, you know, you know, what I'm frustrated with, what I realize I'm still not doing this thing that I want to do. You know, so we just we talk this way anyway, because we're talking about our life. And then then it gets into we ask each other questions. You know, I, I just think and this is what we should be doing for each other. So so as, as I was as we were talking about why don't people do this, so switch shifting back to that. I just remembered a quote that I either heard or I might have written, but I think somebody, I think I heard it from somebody else. And the quote says, self-deceit is not the greatest evil we do, but it is the reason we do the greatest evils. Mm. And I thought, I wonder if sometimes I don't do a self-evaluation because I like living in that deceit. I like living and saying, well, it was her fault or it was their fault or this other kind of thing. Um, I, but I'm that, that it's a very scary, you know, saying it is the re self-deceit is the reason we do the most evil things. Um, I, I, so I think that there's something inside of us. Sometimes it's afraid maybe of honest self-evaluation. 
Yeah. Well, and you know what? Just the things that we have seen happen in the last decade, and I could say really in the last 12 months, we have seen some notable Christian leaders who have had a huge impact on the world through their preaching, their writing, their lecture series. And and then we've heard about this other life that they had been living for years. I mean, we're not talking about a one-time incident. We're talking that we find out they just had this pattern of life. And that should, one, it should sadden our heart. And it does. I hear these and I think, I wish that hadn't happened to them and hadn't now given the world one more reason to laugh at Christianity and say it's invalid, it has no power. But it makes me shake in my own boots, you know, to say, oh my goodness, look at this. And, and it, it makes me self-evaluate, right? To look at myself and say, am I deceiving myself? Am I saying one thing with, and living with another? Mm-hmm. And, and in one sense, we do that, right? We, we, we have these little incidences where we, we yelled and we shouldn't have yelled. We lied when we shouldn't have lied. We thought of something we shouldn't have thought of. We have those. But when we get to a point of living another lifestyle, another life, it should make us, when we hear this, stop and say, God, look at my heart. Is there any deceitful way in me? Speak to me about this. I don't want to be that. And and, and yet I wonder about some of these people and go, did, did they not feel the turmoil of living you know, following Jesus, but living an unholy life over here? How does that happen? And I think that quote is so powerful, right? It's, it's, not the, it's not the deceiving themselves. It's what that's allowed to have happened. So I think those things should make us be a more, if you will, alert and oriented and engaged with our own heart and with God. You, so you just reminded me of something I wasn't prepared to talk about, so I'll probably get some of the facts wrong. But uh, in Early 2000s, I want to say 2001 or 2002, somebody made a movie about Hitler, Hitler's life from childhood through um, his suicide. And the intention of the of the writer was to make Hitler more human. And there was a whole set of people who said, this is horrible. Hitler was a monster. And the writer said, Hitler wasn't born a monster. He became a monster. Mm. What I wanted to do in this movie was show all the little self-pities, all the petty enviousness, all the little ways he was bitter and what it turned him into. So you're just talking about all these little things in us. And you're right. If I don't evaluate this little self-pity that's making me comfort myself instead of caring for other people, or if I'm hanging on to this tiny little bitterness that can become a fire of bitterness, if I'm not careful about this, I, I, I never watched the movie because I just couldn't bring myself to do it. But the but the article that I read about it was uh, very, very powerful. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. And so let me and let me and let me read a scripture too that 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 hit me this morning as I was thinking about our coming in this conversation. And and it's a scripture most of us are familiar with. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I'll start with verse 10. And it says, in fact, Jim, Jim alluded to this idea on the on the chat here, but he's it says, For God's spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. Mm-hmm. No one knows a person's thought except a person's own spirit. And no one can know God's thoughts except for God's own spirit. And we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit, 
so that we can know the wonderful things that God has freely given us. And I think what hit me about this in its context is our spirit does know what's going on inside of us, right? It knows our heart, if you will, however you want to, you know, dissect the heart and the spirit and the mind and the will and all. But nonetheless, our spirit knows what's going on. And yet I think we just try to, we ignore it out of busyness or, or loudness of other things instead of so- stopping and saying, okay, I need to listen to the spirit within me, my own heart. And we need to listen to the spirit of God because he knows the mind of God. We want to know the mind of God. So we say, Holy Spirit, please help me understand the mind of God. You know his and you know me as well. So I want both the Holy Spirit and my the spirit within me to speak, right? And, and that's just not going to come through busyness, through other noises, other voices. It's It's stopping to have that moment. And it could be a scary moment and it could be a glorious moment where God speaks affirmation and this is what's going on and so on. Well, and you started the call by talking about the inner life and the outer life, the two kingdoms referencing last week's call. You're, as you're talking, it reminds me of Jesus talking about why are you cleaning the outside of the cup, you know, clean the inside of the cup, you know, and really what, you know, if I continue to get angry at somebody, if I continue to get irritated at somebody, I can try to say, tell myself, stop that, stop that, stop that. But I'm going to explode if I don't fix out what, find out and, 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 and cleanse what's going on inside. You know, it could be envy. It could be bitterness. I don't know. But if I don't discover that cleaning the outside of the cup, isn't going to work. So (laughs) we've gone long. Let's give some ways some, some ways we've learned to evaluate, self-evaluation, some self-evaluation evaluation questions, tips, techniques. Well, you know, for me, okay, I'll start with, um, you know, the nighttime is a good time for me because the day is most current for me at that moment. <clears throat> and so to just to reflect on it, and I'm, I'm very much in a restful time, right? I am literally laying in bed about to go to sleep. So I'm not about to go get something to eat. I'm not about to go look at my computer. I'm just, I'm in that restful point. My day is about to end. So I think about it. Now, the downside to that is, and therefore the the pro on what you do is, I don't write this down. Um, When I do do that, whether it's, you know, in a quiet time in the morning or these retreats away where I really do a lot of journaling, um, it's so important for me. And that's where I go back and I look at it and I say, oh my goodness, God spoke to me about this six months ago. You know, but the idea of writing it down is incredibly important, which I, again, I can't do at night because I'm about to fall asleep. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just think that's an important practice to write these things down because they'll fade quickly, but they're very important. So, and, and, then, the, and then as we said, I know I'm stealing everything we just said, <laughs> but taking those periodic times, I never walk away from those times going, well, that was a waste of time. Sometimes I think it wasn't as powerful as I was hoping it was going to be. You know, I didn't get as much maybe revelation, if you will, as I was hoping for, but it's never been a waste of time. And so take those, you know, quarterly, whether it's just a day, I don't go anywhere or, or I do go for, you know, a couple of nights in a day, that kind of thing. Or, yeah. So I, I just think those are huge. You know, this morning I was reading the story of Cornelius, where Peter, you know, gets the vision of the sheet coming out, sheep, sheet, sheet coming down with all the unclean things. And God says, what God has cleansed, let no man call common. 
And then, you know, he goes on and Peter speaks with Cornelius. Cornelius is a Gentile who converts. Peter goes back to Jerusalem and tells everybody what happened. And there's a little bit of a skirmish about that, you know, that Peter was hanging a lot, hanging around with those Gentile dogs. Um, But at the end, the last verse in the story says they all rejoiced. And this is the quote, because God had granted repentance to the Gentiles. And when I think of repentance, I normally think of, you know, oh my gosh, I hang my head in shame and all that kind of stuff. But but the passage here says it's a gift. God granted. The, the, the Greek word is he gave. It's like a gift. God granted repentance. I think one of the things I keep trying to remember is an evaluation is a chance for me to, to turn things around, which is repentance to turn. So I normally, I have four examination questions I have. I examine my motivations, I examine my mistakes, I examine my emotions, and I examine myself for sin. So when I examine my motivations, I say, uh, boy, I was really glad when my kids got that A on the report card. Now, am I rejoicing for them? Or is my motivation, I'm rejoicing because that means I'm a pretty good parent. You know, I mean, there's a very big difference. One is a self-pride. It's terrific to have pride in your friends and your kids, but not if not if it's really self-glorifying, if you will. And when I examine my mistakes, I mean, my goodness, we make mistakes all the time. I mean, Gary and I, you and I love to try things. You know, we say, let's experiment. Let's try it at five o'clock instead of six o'clock. Let's see what works. Mistakes, mistakes are only bad if we keep repeating them, you know? If we learn from them, then mistakes are really great lessons. I also like to examine my emotions. You know, you and I have talked about this a lot. Uh, Why was I mad? Why was I sad? Why was I angry? You know, not just experiencing it, not just stifling it, but just saying, why was I mad? I mean, what what, was it because my pride was hurt? Was it because I lost an opportunity to look good? I mean, what, what, what? Mm -hmm. It's just fine to say what was going on and then share it with a friend. And lastly, examining myself for sin. Um, I'm admitting on I mean, everybody knows we all sin. And so to examine ourselves, isn't that bad? It's more like saying, man, you know, I want to get cleansed. You know, if if you had dirt on your face before the show, I would have said, Gary, you know, wash your cheek there. It's not shameful. It's just something we want to be cleansed from. And so examining ourselves for sin is really, really a healthy examination tool. And you have a bunch of questions that you ask yourself, I know. Like, why am I having Sam. Yeah, I, I can't think of them right now. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, very similarly, I mean, I, I try to think, how is my heart doing? Which is the question of how am I doing right now? And to be honest with that, I'm not doing well. I'm, I, you know, or I don't know, which is not a good doing well, you know, or, you know, those <laughs> kind of things. And then, and then how is my life doing? In other words, am I loving well? Do I feel like I'm loving my wife well, my children, my friends? Am I walking out my calling or am I simply being distracted by on every front? Yeah. You know, and I, and I try to think through those, you know, which is anyway. Yeah, I just I mean, I enjoy those times. And, and let me just say real quickly what we are not talking about. We're not talking about we're about, about being self-centered. We're talking about being self-aware. Self-aware, not self-centered, because we know people think about themselves all the time and it's not helpful and it's not enjoyable. It's not good. (laughs) Yeah. 
Although if you are self-obsessed, it is worth asking yourself, why am I self-obsessed? Right. But apart from that, <laughs> Yeah. So we got to draw to a close next, you know, we're going to probably just have one or two more weeks on this series, nurturing the life of God within us. But actually when we're doing this self-evaluation, we're asking God to enter into this process. We're saying, as you were saying, Holy spirit, speak to me, Holy spirit, open my eyes and my ears to see what you want to do in my life. Thanks for listening. Please join us by following this podcast or liking it and visit our websites thenobleheart.com and beliefsoftheheart.com for more resources in living the eternal life with God today. You'll find articles, videos, and online classes. See you next week.